This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. We aren't going to charge anything extra for this on the podcast. Oh, thank Uh, goodness. Yeah, but one of the things that... You know, some youth pastors are gifted at um, at like pastoral conversations. Yeah. Some youth pastors are gifted at biblical exegesis. Yes. I have a spiritual gift for large upfront games. Yeah, you do. Um, and coming up with the weirdest stuff just kind of off the top of my head. I just let go of the ADD control circuit and we... St- we end up in really fun places. So <clears throat> here's here's what we designed. Um, we got, um, you know, the uh, rollers that like you roll a wall, like a paint roller. Like the actual like wood handle and the metal thing yeah, 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 or, yeah. or the, the thing that cover, spins, not the cover, the, the, thing, thing, the thing that spins. Yep. But, you know, they make tiny ones, like short ones. They're like half size. Yes, when right. your significant other would like to do a very special finish on one of your walls and it takes 300 hours to do because it's only this right, big. Right. Yes. Yes, it's only this big. That's what that's what that that's that term. So, uh so we got one of the the short the shorties and we put on that a uh, roll of toilet paper. Cuz the tube fits perfectly actually. It like it's perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect exactly. size. Yes. Um, and so you, you put the toilet paper on and then you can hold that. We had two versions. There was one that you had held and that's the one that I preferred. But then we also duct taped it onto the end of a leaf blower. So you can hold it in front of a leaf blower or you can duct tape it on the end of, of the leaf blower. If you duct tape, it's got to be, you got to be careful. got to get the right angle and trajectory. If you hold it, you can, you can just, get in the sweet spot and you turn that uh leaf blower on and you have a kid in front of you so this is like the game where you would turn someone into a mummy except way better yeah because you are shooting an entire roll of toilet paper at them in like a minute (laughs) and their job is to get hit with the toilet paper and spin around so that it mummifies them Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so you give them the set amount of time, you turn on the crazy music, you say go, and you have one of the funnest things you have ever seen in your life happening up on stage, and everybody's going nuts. And then uh, we, based on how many complete rolls of toilet paper they used, um, was the was the thing. So that's for free. We're going to talk about something that is not that, though, today. <laughs> it's totally Cheers. true. Like, yes. And Jeremy, thank you. The uh, youth worker recharge today. We're actually talking about administration of all things. Um, <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And, and perhaps the hula hoop that I'll jump through to make that transition is that by planning ahead, you can actually have time to do some of that upfront stuff. Um, yep. And maybe use the spiritual gifts that you've got, right? Because everybody is really gifted in ministry in a different way. Um, yeah. And I can tell you that upfront games like that, it does require planning, like coming up with that idea. Yep. Like we came up with that idea a month ahead of time. Then we had to go. We weren't going to let's be clear. I didn't. I lived in the southeast in a very poor state. We did not 
go and buy whole leaf blowers just for a game. So we had to get some people to bring their leaf blowers up. We had to find those short things. It took a couple of weeks just to gather the supplies. And then you had to test it because, you know, when you're doing weird games like that, it takes a minute. You've got to test different variations to figure out what works. Because a lot of that stuff, like we did a a jello sculpting one where we had five gallon buckets uh, that were full of jello and we undid it. And then you had to sculpt the jello into a shape. Yeah. Um, But you can't do that on the day of, because we did the first one, we did the test and you, you let the jello out and it just did it. Yeah. It just, it's, it had set, but it wasn't firm enough. We had to like triple the jello recipe for it to be hard enough. So, I mean, like the administration side, which is like kind of planning, um, even the crazy fun stuff, uh, the administration uh, admin stuff and getting that right is key to like making those things really sing. Yeah. Cause it, it lets you be present in the moment, right? Because mm-hmm. you've already done the stuff that needs to set the table for your activity or for your lesson right. or your whatever. And, you know, if we're talking giftedness, I, I can go ahead and make the assumption that most of the youth leaders that I have met during the course of my youth ministry life, are not wired like database administrators are, right? 100. There, there is just something different um, about the way somebody that would be a database administrator would approach life and their job as opposed to the way that the you know average youth worker would. Um, yep. At the same time, we did publish a crash course on administration, and we do want to encourage people to make the most of that behind-the-scenes administrative time because that frees you up to be present and to really build some intentionality into everything that you offer as a part of your youth ministry. Yeah. And this is important because here's the thing. If you resist something like this, like administration, you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to read anything that's so boring. You, you're the person who really needs it, <laughs> right? Um, so take the, the reason we did crash courses is especially for people who like don't really want to spend a lot of time learning about that. Um, we made brief and like sort of action packed, um, crash courses where you can sort of spend a couple of hours, um, reading and thinking and, and working on your own sort of approach to things. And, and it's not, it's not full of a bunch of fluff. It gets right down to the nitty gritty right away. Yeah. I mean, very, very practical sort of tips and tricks, right. And, and some of them we talk about are, related to, you know, tracking attendance and the things that you want to pay attention to, Mm -hmm. Um, things that you can do to support your attendance stuff. So not only paying attention to who is there and when they're there, um, Mm -hmm. but instead of just turning that stuff over to a church secretary or whoever records those things for uh, your church, look at patterns that get set up, right? Give yourself an hour or two to say, oh, you know what? Something is always happening on the third Sunday for this family because they're never Mm -hmm. here. So maybe that opens the door for me to be able to ask them what that thing is and how we might be able to support them because there's always that week that they're missing, right? Right. Um, it, it gives you a better sense of the big picture of your youth ministry. And if you're going to be mm-hmm. an effective youth leader, volunteer, part-time, paid staff, the whole deal, um, yeah. that intentionality and that ability to, to paint the big picture and to share that big picture with other people is a big part of your job. Um, yeah. And a lot of that stuff happens behind the scenes. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of that revolves around calendaring. 
Uh, calendaring is a great place to start. Um, and I yeah. know we brought that up several different times. I mean, the, the game one is a great example because you are looking at like a month ahead. Um, mm-hmm. but man, I, I know that we all have the, we all have the weeks, we all have the seasons where, um, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do on Sunday morning on Saturday yep. night. Yep. It's doable. It happens. It's not sustainable. Yes. Um, and even if you are praying for the Holy spirit to visit you and just give you all the inspiration in the world, sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. And, and let's just be clear. The Holy spirit is able to give you stuff ahead of time. The Holy Spirit's actually pretty good at that. Yeah. 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 It's not just a last minute thing. Um, so if we are talking calendaring for sure, let's let's go ahead and start there with part of our administrative stuff. Um, we talked about communications in some of our past podcasts and how important it is. If you want to create buy-in and you want to create energy for people showing up to the stuff that you plan, you have to be able to tell them about it ahead of time. Yep. Right. Get on the front send out side, get on the front email. side of the FOMO stuff, right? Yep. Get help people not be freaked out about what they're missing by offering them something great and letting them know what it is. Email, phone call, newsletter, website, whatever, well ahead of time. Right. Um, when we're talking calendar, um, some of the language, Jeremy, that you and I used in the crash course had to do with like skeleton planning and then yes. detailed planning. Do you mind mm-hmm. kind of hitting up how those two different labels um, yeah. work and why they're important? Yeah. So, Everybody knows you're going to have to figure out the details by the time you show up at the retreat center, right? Um, Yes. But you can let people know the skeleton plans uh, way ahead of time, right? My thing that I was always uh, concerned about was uh, the date, the cost, and I realized that I could really trick people into making them think that I knew a lot more detail when I added two more pieces of information, the time we were leaving and the time we got back, because that was pretty simple. I knew, <laughs> right. I knew when we were going to start things in general. And I, and I, you know, you, you know, you're going to leave either right either before lunch or after lunch. So you can figure out about when you're going to get back. And then, you know, months ahead of time, many months ahead of time, you can publish those details. Um, and, and, and that's really all people know. They don't, they don't want all of the details at that point. Um, if you did communicate all the details at that point, it would not come off as like, oh, wow, they planned a lot. It would come off as annoying. Like, please don't tell me all of that right now. Like, I don't, I don't care that they need, everybody needs to bring one rubber chicken to this retreat. That doesn't matter today, right? We're, we're three months ahead of time. Um, so, but then the further you get, the more details that you, the, the more detailed planning you've got to do. The rubber chicken thing made me think of supply chain stuff. And if I need a, like, I, I don't know, I better get <laughs> If on you that. need a rubber chicken today. Yeah, maybe Chris, I better, I better look. Cause it's going to get stuck in China for at least three months. <laughs> Um, you know, the other piece for skeleton planning and detail planning that helps me out is, you know, also thinking about being able to group like themes, you know, yes. if, if I want to walk my youth and their families through the gospels or through the parables, or if, if mm-hmm. there is something that, that I really intentionally want to set for them doing the skeletal planning of saying, this is what I want to teach. Here are the things that my youth and families are interested in. How can I start to put those together is a great place to start without getting weighed down in the details of like a minute by minute lesson plan, right? The minute by minute right. stuff and who is doing what 
That is the detail stuff. The skeletal right. planning is what are the needs that I'm trying to meet? And, uh, you know, if I'm at a church, especially one that's trying to do maybe some intergenerational stuff, or if youth is part of my role at the church, and I'm also over children and young adults or other worship things, it's a great chance for like different pastors and church staff to be able to get together to talk about the themes and some of that skeletal planning stuff so that there is sort of this like vein of continuity that yeah. a whole congregation could experience at the same time. Yeah. And there was a season when I was deeply involved in the sort of lesson planning for our, our youth ministry. I was the primary teacher for that. And, um, and we had this system where we would, we had a group of people that were just creative thinkers and we would, we were doing like series. So it'd be like four to eight week series at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and so two series ahead, we would, I'd have lunch with everybody and, um, and we would look at, um, we would have brainstorming where we came up with like dramatic things, creative, dramatic things. Um, and we, we wanted one wow moment in each series, one like just bonkers off the wall thing. Um, and being two series out meant that we had time to get that stuff happening. Like one time we had, we were doing this series called peeps and it was about friends back when peeps was a cool word. And, um, and we decided that one day we were going to have a peep invasion and we we're made friends or we're talking the delicious marshmallow. Oh, we are talking about the delicious marshmallow treats. We made uh, little, um, we got those things the, that you can do with like toy soldiers that are uh, uh, parachutes, uh -huh. right? Yep. And we had a, we were in a tall facility. So we got these huge ladders and we are, are made all these peeps into uh, uh, <laughs> parachutes. And so we started just chunking them into the worship facility and peeps are like parachuting down in. And then we had, uh, we created two big paper mache peeps that were big enough for an intern to be inside, uh, like, like bent over, like, like they were part of a horse and they came. So we had these like air raid sirens going off. We had peeps, coming down lights flashing and then these two giant peeps walking in and like bumping into people um <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much so, what i picture the the manna from heaven stuff looking like <laughs> you know right. in exodus when people are like oh no it's more peeps falling from the sky i'm so tired <laughs> of these god <laughs> yeah and so but the idea is like we would we did that we would do like a funny video that we would make sure. but but the the idea is like we had really just had like we're gonna do a series on friends let's come up with some creative things that we can start working on and you know half of them are gonna fail so like not every one of our um series ended up with one of those cool wow moments we wanted to do a chocolate slip and slide on mm -hmm. sunday morning and that didn't work out because we just couldn't we tested it but we couldn't find a way to not get chocolate on clothes fair um and uh yeah so the all kinds of things just but that kind of stuff it, like what planning does is it allows you to really take things to the next level and do some creative um and meaningful things right we we had a a series where 
we wanted we decided that it was it was like on worship and we wanted worship stations that worshiped in different ways yeah right creative reading like art like visual arts reading we wanted people to be able to write poetry like all kinds of stuff but that required a lot of setup right yeah. and and some people will still do that and they'll come up with it the week before and then they will burn out themselves in a volunteer or two but with two months head start right. it wasn't hard you just right. sort of kind of collected the stuff as you went along. You had somebody that was like in charge of putting it all into different boxes along the way. And the day came, we set the stuff out on tables and it was pretty simple. Yeah. And, and that's a great example because the other piece that effective administration does is it lets you share the load, right? There is mm -hmm. way too much of a tendency when you are behind the eight ball or very late in your planning process that you just say, well, you know what? It's going to take me more time to ask somebody else to do yes. this. So I'll just do it myself. If I had a and, dollar for every time I heard somebody say that. Right? Yeah. So if, so if you are able to be 12 weeks ahead, 16 weeks ahead, you're in, you're opening the opportunity to invite other people to carry the weight with you, which helps yeah. with burnout, but it also helps with the scope and the impact of the whole thing. Cause it, it there's all of a sudden this buy-in from a whole bunch of other people as well. Right. And there's a, there's a level of, um, there's a level of reward uh, that comes for a volunteer that got to have a sort of bigger size sure, job yeah. one week mm -hmm. um, that they didn't have to pick up six days before that. Right. If they, if they had to come up with all those worship stations in six days, they would be burnt. They would be tired. They would have felt like we asked them too much, but saying, giving them two months, by that, you know, that day was not a big deal. They worked a little bit extra setting stuff out, but they got this huge reward of like seeing all of this thing that happened because really because they did it. And, um, and, and that's, and so there, that's the kind of stuff that on your volunteer side, people, people are not looking, they want to be appreciated, but they also want to feel like they've had impact and they've had significant impact. And, and they can, those kind of things can help them feel like, oh, wow, I made a big impact today. Yep. And, and you as the youth leader, you as the planner created that opportunity for them, Yeah, you know, and, and I think we also all know the people that we can call at the last minute and they'll say, okay, right. uh, yeah. it's always good to have some of those in your back pocket, but you know, that's not everybody. And so it's really important to, to recognize that for your volunteers too. Yeah. And let me be clear, those volunteers that will say, okay, at the last minute, I have yet to have any of those not burn out mm -hmm. uh, because they say that to everybody. And at some point they get overwhelmed and they've mm -hmm. got to take a step back. Um, so not only, not only is that like, you know, you've got to do it sometimes, but you've also got to remember, like, I can't count on that person forever. Right. They are, the, the, their pattern of life is such that at some point they're going to burn out. They're going to have to take it back. Everything's going to have to be unloaded for a little bit. I, I'm also going to go ahead and like, look, into my own soul as the youth worker, right? And say, um, if I was to look back on my younger years and I wanted to do something that would instill confidence in the rest of the church staff, because I was fortunate enough to be in a full-time paid youth ministry position, right. um, planning and doing administrative stuff well Oof. really helps it look like you've got your stuff together, right? Oh, man. It builds trust. It builds uh, relationships with other staff. It allows you to be flexible, um, mm -hmm. And to kind of flex some of the plans that you might have if you've got a, a conflict with, uh, I don't know, like the choir director or, or something right, going on with right. music. Planning ahead 
takes the air and the heat and the tension out of a lot of those conversations because you're like, you know what, this is four months away. We can all figure this out. Um, So I I would absolutely go back in in time and give myself a little bit of a hint to spend some more time in administration. Um, As a way to wrap our conversation today, I did want to maybe pull apart the um, sort of planning retreat model that we put in the crash course. And uh, I'm going to start in January because we're recording this in January, no matter when you're listening to it. Um, But if it's January and I'm at my church, um, I would be trying to do the skeleton planning for things coming up in the second half of the year. Like I would be trying to do skeleton planning for September, October, November, December. Yes. Here's here's the retreats I want to try to do. Here's the trips I want to try to do. Um, Here's what I need to do with my youth leadership team and start to calendar those and just do the Mm -hmm. the real basic stuff. And I would actually be working on my detailed stuff for June and July and August in January. And I know that that might sound very aggressive or very forward thinking, but once you get yourself to that planning place, it's actually not all that hard to stay there. It does take some energy to kind of get it kicked off. But uh, in January, if you if, if you've got mission trips like multiple week things during the summer or camps um, that you're going to be a part of, you need mm-hmm. to be getting those details together for June, no, July, do. August stuff. That summer stuff six months ahead of time because you got to collect paperwork, you got to line up volunteers, you got to have the conversations about who can do what, um, and you've got to book the spots. A lot of summer stuff. That's a great um, point. Gets booked pretty quickly, and I've found sometimes January. For some of those, if it's a big thing, uh, sometimes January is even too late to get the right. the super skeleton. I mean, just like saying we want to go. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Um, I, I think that I usually ended up doing it in January because I ended mm-hmm. up with this pocket of breathing time after Christmas. Yeah, that I sort of had maybe two weeks or two and a half that I could actually do some of this long term stuff because everybody was still so in Christmas mode and everybody was going back to school and recovering that my own schedule was okay. Um, So looking for those pockets where you can do these sort of planning Mm -hmm. days or planning weekends or whatever is really important too. The next window for me, I happened in either May or June, depending on the year. Um, And in May or June, I would be trying to do my visioning for January through May of the next year. So actually trying to get almost a full 12 months ahead with my skeleton stuff. And then mm-hmm. doing the detailed things for like fall kickoff. Like I should be thinking about September, October, November, December in a detailed way as people are going through graduations and that kind of stuff. Because if I'm doing that, I can share the story with people that are graduating from seventh grade and say, mm-hmm. here's the summer calendar. And when you come back in eighth grade in the fall, here's what stuff we're going to offer. And here's what it's going to look like for you. And that was always really powerful for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's huge. And, um, and I will say you you do have to adjust this kind of thing based on your church's culture. Absolutely. I I this this exact model is was me. It has been me my whole time. Um, I did get hired at a church that did things really last minute, mm. and I found that um, that my detailed planning could get completely derailed because the pastor decided that we were going to set up a replica of the tabernacle and staff it 24 hours for three weeks. Right. And he would give us three weeks notice. Right. Right. So I'm totally curious. (laughs) That's it was wow. wow. Extra. But if that is your church, you've got to 
you've got to set your expectations, okay? And you've got to have some conversations to say, okay, look, when I set something, like what is the way for me to set it and know that when we pay this deposit, I'm not going to have to call and cancel or change everything. Like you've got to have some, uh, you've got to have some conversations about that kind of stuff so that, cause the worst, my feeling is the worst thing you can have to do in planning stuff is communicate. You communicate everything and then you go back and say, I'm sorry, it's all changed. Right. Right. Uh, because then nobody trusts your communication. Yeah. Um, now with COVID, whatever, nobody, all bets are off with that kind of stuff. But, you know, in general, uh, that's really important. And so it's going to be important for you to have some conversations with leadership, with the leadership of your church to figure out some parameters and some dates and, and how you actually hold things fast um, and what, what their expectations are of your flexibility so that yeah, you can that, sort yeah. of accurately do that. Yeah, it's a great point. And, and that, you know, could be the really practical stuff, like making sure you've got reservations for the right rooms at, you mm-hmm. know, within the church and making sure there's no conflicts there. Um, and it, if some things have to change, you know, it, it's a great opportunity maybe to talk with church leadership too then about like, what are the values that this, um, <laughs> that this speaks to, right? If, if we're going right. to bump youth stuff for the sake of this other thing, does that communicate that this is more important than that sort of thing? Well, and in, in, in the case of the tabernacle rep- replica, mm-hmm. we had it, it sort of was, it happened at the end of a capital campaign, which is a labor intensive thing. Super. And it, and we had a spring retreat that basically what it ended up doing is we couldn't get any leaders for it because we had burned all of our leaders out on the capital campaign followed by the 24 seven tabernacle. And, um, and so we ended up having to cancel the retreat. And, and so the conversation, it's not just about like, it didn't, they didn't schedule it over our retreat, but they, they did, they did these two things that made our retreat not possible. Right. Right. And uh, you know, you can't, and and so that was the conversation about how do we plan that? Like, what do I need to be flexible? You know, they, at the time when, when I explained it to them, they didn't realize they hadn't thought about the other things uh, that they were affecting um, by doing those kind of things back to back. So it's it's important to have those conversations. The section in the crash course where we kind of pull stuff apart um, and it's a really short and easy to read section, but it's about, uh, we use the language of layers of busyness and you don't want to add to the busyness of other people right? Um, you want people to know and be able to do the things that you offer, um, but you don't want to create more work for other people. And you don't want to create conflicts where you are forcing choices um, between church activities or between community activities and youth ministry activities um, and getting ahead of yourself, getting that calendar kind of set and figuring out what is fixed and what is flexible helps you avoid adding a layer of busyness and anxiety and worry to the people that you want to plug into your stuff. And it helps you foresee some of that because you can actually ask people about the calendar. True. True. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, if we haven't convinced you to read the um, amazingly titled crash course in youth ministry administration um, yet, we're going to do a whole hot. second week on it. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, next week, we're actually going to spend some time talking a little bit more about the behind the scenes stuff um, and things that you can learn from doing um, like attendance tracking well, um, budgeting well, and figuring out where to effectively spend your time so that it frees you up to use more of your spiritual gifts in the places that really are life-giving for you in youth ministry.
Jeremy, yeah. anything you want to add before we close out? Nope. I just can't wait for next week because all of those things are so, so essential to you not getting fired. <laughs> Which is really <laughs> what we're here to help, right? <laughs> very, very important. Uh, well, on behalf of Jeremy and myself um, and Young People's Ministries of the United Methodist Church, um, say a quick prayer and a thank you for Hannah because she's our awesome editor that puts these things yes. together. So um, we'll plan to see you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you.